Welcome back to a Mavs Outsider Podcast with your host, Dustin. Doing a post-game pod for the Mavs' uh, big win against the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie hitting a game-winning shot once again. I know the, the shot at the end of the Boston game wasn't at the buzzer, but it still won the game. Uh, I mean, it was tied at the end of that game. and But this one... They were down one, and he shot it to win it. So we'll talk about that and a few other things going on around the NBA. Uh, but of course, we will start with these this uh, Mavs Brooklyn game. Uh, like you know, like I said, then when he obviously made a game winning shot, um, I'm sure everybody saw that who watched. But, uh, you know, when you look at the score, the score, the box score, you know, a couple of things that kind of stick out is uh, other than Sterling Brown, the bench players had a plus when it came to, you know, plus minus. And three of the starters had minuses. It was funny. Luca Dinwiddie and Powell all had minuses on the uh, plus minus. And then Sterling Brown obviously had a minus. Dorian Finney-Smith was a big plus 10. Um, he had the toughest assignment tonight, obviously, to guard Durant. Uh, you know, they really could have used Bullock. He would have been a huge uh, help in this game. I, You know, I don't know what the, the, the situation... I, I think somebody made the had the question on Twitter about Tim Hardaway Jr. Tim Hardaway Jr. is somebody they might could use when it comes time to, you know, the playoff time. And I think the response was, you know, he might play in the playoffs. But another person that they could really use after seeing this game is Marquise Chris. And from what I understand, Chris is going to maybe play this weekend. Mavs play on Friday night and Saturday night. So... Uh, one of the things that sort of stick out in this game is uh, was the rebounding. You know, Andre Drummond had 17 rebounds. Uh, Bruce Brown, uh, Bruce Brown had nine. Uh, he just seemed to be under the rim a lot. For the Mavericks, the leading rebounder was Luca at nine, and he had nine assists as well. So he was. He was one assist and one rebound away from triple-double. But, you know, after that, you know, you had a couple guys with six, a guy with five, uh, you know, a couple guys with five. And Dallas, they just struggled with rebounds all game. Uh, Brooklyn had 19 offensive rebounds. Drummond had eight of those himself. Uh, It was very tough to watch especially in the first half, the first quarter, first half. I, I, it intrigued me that they played. They didn't play Drummond as much as they probably should have, in my opinion. I, I thought Drummond was having his way in the paint with whatever he wanted. I thought, even though Nick Claxton was 6-for-8 on his shooting, he basically didn't miss anything. You know, he, he was only able to muster five rebounds in 26 minutes. He, he's not the rebounder that Drummond is. You know, Drummond's a big guy, obviously. And so not playing Drummond was a bit intriguing. But 
you know, Luca. At some point, I thought this was just going to be one of those games where Luca did everything and they lost by ten plus points. But in the fourth quarter, you know, Dinwiddie showed up. He was eight for eight on his free throws. He was two for six on his threes. Um, obviously, the last one was the biggest. Uh, but. He just he came alive in that second half when they needed him the most. Uh, you know, Brunson actually was playing, starting to hit some shots. You know, he was 8 for 15 overall. He had 18 points and five rebounds. So, you know, Brunson started to contribute a lot with some shots. Brunson was actually a plus 7 in this one. And funny enough, Maxi was a plus 7, but... He was 0 for 4 on his three-point shooting. Maxi is having a little bit of trouble with some confidence right now. And I, you know, I was telling as I'm watching this, I was telling my wife, I was like, I, I liked I wish they would run some pick and rolls with Luca and Maxi and give Maxi a chance to be the guy that dives at the rim and dunks it. You know, bring up his confidence. Let's get him some easy easy baskets, you know, get him some dunks. You know, he had, his only points were his, uh, he had a two-point shot and he hit two free throws, which should have been a flagrant foul, by the way. Had that been Durant that got fouled like that or LeBron, they would have stopped the game, reviewed it, and called it flagrant. Maxie should have sold it. Um, but Maxie just got brought back up. You gotta, you gotta sell that. You need that flagrant. But, Maxi's three-point shooting, he, he's lost confidence right now. They need to get it back because they really need his shooting. Um, you know, like, and I just think they need to find ways to get him easy baskets under the rim, dunks, you know, pick-and-roll dunks, like I was saying. And that would be nice to see. Um, Josh Green, he's, you know, okay. He has a lot of energy, plays with a lot of energy, obviously. He hit a three, a couple threes, which is good to see. Anytime you, he's hitting his three-pointers, that's always good to see. Uh, you know, it's obvious he's been working on them. And I, I think the reason, one of the reasons why I think his three-point shooting is so important is because he, he is uh, an asset on the defensive end. And he is an asset when it comes to energy. And even, you know, stealing offensive rebounds sometimes. So, you know, he's he's somebody that, they need to play right now, and the more he can hit, um, you know, three-pointers, the better. Uh, you know, Bertans took one shot, and he made it, which was really good to see. He made his only three-pointer that he took. Uh, Sterling Brown is continuing to struggle. Sterling Brown's another guy who sort of lost his confidence. You know, he, he started the year pretty poor. And then I think he missed some time with like COVID or an injury or something, and he came back and he was playing great basketball. But then, I just for whatever reason, I don't know if he got hurt again or what, but he just he hadn't seen the floor very much. And now when he gets out there, it's just it's tough to watch sometimes. And I I, I don't know I I would like to see him. I don't know. I feel like I'd like to see him get a little more, few more minutes to see if he can get me. I don't know. Maybe his confidence going. And, you know, because Sterling Brown's a guy who he can, he's a, he's a pretty decent defender, but, you know, he's not great or anything. He's not a shutdown, but he can defend. But he's a guy who shot the three pointer last year very well. And so, 
you know, he can hit he can hit those shots, but another thing he can do, he's not great at it. He can dribble. Uh, you know, a lot of players on this team have a hard time dribbling. Um, you know, the one guy I complain about obviously a lot is is Dorian Finney-Smith and Maxi against two guys. When they put the ball on the ground, they are indecisive. They don't know what to do. And so a lot of times they make the wrong play when they put the ball on the ground and they should have just shot the ball. And Sterling Brown's a guy who's actually a little bit better than, like, he, he's a little better at decision-making. So, it, you know, it would be nice to see, you know, Sterling Brown get some minutes. Um, he probably won't, especially once Bullock comes back. Um, and even Tim Hardaway, if he even plays. But, uh, I don't know. Nilakina, there's a Nilakina sighting. He didn't do a lot. Uh, you know, one of the things the Mavericks could have done is waive Nilakina, and they could have signed Dragic if they wanted. Dragic, Dragic had a really good game. Uh, you know, he had 21 points. Very balanced scoring on that team. Dallas doubled Team Durant. Every time he got the ball, I, I sort of thought they that was going to be the reason for their loss. Um, at the end of the game, you know, Durant had a, a possession where he was by, like, they didn't double him, and he just missed the shot. I think he was anticipating the double, and they didn't double him, and he missed. And I thought, you know, Dallas was able to get their rebound, and I, I thought, you know, when they were doubling him, I felt like they were just getting dunks. Durant had 10 assists. And I felt like they were just getting dunk after dunk after dunk every time they double. And I thought, you know, they should just play zone. And they never did. I, I thought they should have changed their defense. And, you know, they made the comeback with Durant on the bench. Um, you know, Durant's plus minus was a two. I know that really didn't mean a lot. But uh, poor James Johnson and Andre Drummond were the worst, which is funny because Drummond was so dominant. He was seven for eight. But he was a minus 11. So, and he had 17 rebounds, like I said, eight offensive. And it's so funny he was a minus 11 because he just, he was getting every rebound. But uh, it's just another fantastic win by Dallas. Uh, they're playing with fire on this road trip. Uh, you know, I would have been happy with a, what was, I guess, a three and two. Maybe a two and three, actually a two and three, because they played Houston on the first game and they played Charlotte in the last game, and those were the two games I thought, okay, these are the games they should win, they need to win, because the three in the middle are going to be the tough ones where, you know, there's a good chance they're going to lose those games, and to win those games at the end on both of them, it was really good to see. The next one's Philly. Uh, in um, in Philly, obviously, uh, on Friday. Philly played tonight. They played Cleveland and won. But I, I'm interested to see how many points Embiid in, ends up with because Embiid's going to play 35 minutes. He's Embiid will probably score 40-plus points, and he'll probably get uh, close to 20 rebounds. But the one thing you got to do with Philly is you've got to neutralize the other guys. I thought, you know, Seth Curry was real big for what they, you know, what he gave Philly. Um, he didn't play tonight, obviously, for Brooklyn, but 
you know, not having Seth, I think, is a big deal because Danny Green is not the guy he used to be. You know, they have the, the foreign guy, I can't remember his name, Niang or something. He's a decent shooter. You know, Tyrese Maxey's obviously a good player, but he's a young player. And I, I think, you know, you can you can defend him with a bit bigger guy and maybe you could slow him down. And James Harden's not necessarily the same player. Now, Brooklyn recently played Philly, and they basically, their game plan was to run Philly out of the gym, and they did. Um, I don't think Dallas is going to run Philly out of the gym. It would be nice to see them pick up the pace against that team just to see what would happen, but I think if it gets into a half-court game, I, I think it, it, it's advantage Philly. So, you know, I also, you know, Dallas also plays Saturday against Charlotte, and I'm wondering what players might sit that out with Dallas. With Luka's leg injury, I figure Luka might sit the Charlotte one out. But, um, you know, I... It's going to be a tough game, and even if they were to lose to Philly and Charlotte, I think it's still a successful road trip. Now, Brooklyn, Brooklyn's a funny team. If Brooklyn, I think, were to be healthy, I, man, after seeing that team, I, I think after seeing Durant especially, if, if Brooklyn's healthy, I just think they can win the finals. If, if you can get Kyrie out there, I, I you know I don't know what his um, status is gonna be as far as uh, what New York's laws are gonna be in the next month because in a month from now New York could change their laws you know these laws are changing for these vaccine mandates and stuff so New York could have a different law in a month but you know one of the one of the talking points that people t- uh, talk about. When they when they're talking about Brooklyn is, you know, if you're playing road games, yeah, you get Kyrie, and they're like, well, right now in the play-in tournament, they would play on the road in Toronto, and Kyrie couldn't play. But that next game, you know, it would be a home game, but it's against Charlotte or Atlanta. And I just think Brooklyn's better than both teams. Charlotte's actually picked it up a bit. They've won three in a row. Um, they're six and four in their last ten. Charlotte was on a uh, was playing some bad basketball for a while, and they fell pretty hard in the standings. But you know, you never know uh, the way Toronto's been playing and the way Cleveland's had the injuries. You know, Toronto could play could pass Cleveland. And if Brooklyn has to go to Cleveland to play for the play-in tournament, it, it, Kyrie would get to play. Now, obviously, if Toronto stays where they are, or maybe Ben Simmons comes back, and you know they end up playing, well, because right now, man, I look at the standings, and right now Brooklyn's four games behind Toronto, and that's a lot of games to make up with not so many left. Um, they've played 70 games, Brooklyn has, so that means they got 12 left. Uh, Toronto's played 68, so they got 14 left. But, you know, if Ben Simmons at some point can come back and play, and you can get Seth Curry out there, and you can get LaMarcus Aldridge out there, I think that team is good enough to 
win at least against the Charlotte Atlanta winner, right? If you can't have everybody and you lose in Toronto, so be it. But if you could play that home game and you can have everybody except Kyrie, obviously, I think that's a good enough team to beat Charlotte and Atlanta. And that Miami, that matchup against Miami in the first round would be so interesting. I, I do feel bad. It's kind of funny. This is, it seems it's happening in both conferences. Um, the the teams that are at the bottom are uh, there's a couple teams down there and like you know I talk about the Clippers and even the Nuggets for you know uh, you know example like the Nuggets are supposed to get I think Murray is going to start playing or practicing with the G League team. I don't know if he's going to play any G League games or if he's just going to practice with them and then come and play, you know, in the NBA. Because I think Wiseman was playing G League games. I don't know if he still is. or They're playing right now. Golden State's playing right now. I'm not watching. I'm obviously, you know, making this pod. Sometimes I have a game on when I'm making the pod, but I don't this time. But, you know, Wiseman can give Golden State something. Now, ultimately, Golden State meets Draymond. Um, they're third right now. They could, at any point, be second or third. They have the same amount of losses as Memphis. Dallas has actually moved to fourth um, because they do have the extra win. Now, currently... Utah is playing Chicago. It's a tied game in the third quarter. And I Chicago's been struggling. They've got a lot of injuries lately. So I really don't anticipate. I, I can't really. I really don't think Chicago's going to pull out the win. You never know. Um, they actually just went up three. But, you know, I... They'll probably be tied again. I think the Mavs play them one more time. I could be wrong. I'll have to look. But um, it would be interesting to see. I, I think I, I haven't heard anything about Kawhi Leonard. I still I still don't think he'll come back and play. He's that's not really his like mo, right? He's not the kind of guy that's you know he like Murray wants to come back and Murray wants to play, right? I just don't think Ky- uh, Kawhi is that guy. He's like, oh, I'll sit the season. I'll just wait till next year. And I don't know the status of Paul George. I don't know if George is going to play this season or not. His is an elbow injury. Um, I haven't really heard a lot about it. So I do think it'd be interesting if Kawhi came back and Paul George came back. And that first game is against Minnesota. And then the Lakers would play the Pelicans. And if Anthony Davis came back, and the Lakers beat the Pelicans, and the Clippers beat the Timberwolves, wouldn't it be funny if the Lakers had to beat the Timberwolves to make the playoffs with a healthy team? And one thing I would feel bad for, Timberwolves fans, because the NBA would do everything they could to help L.A. win that game. And I think that's going to happen no matter what. Even if Minnesota beats the Clippers and it's the Lakers and the Clippers, if the Clippers are going into the playoffs with the team they got and no Kawhi, no Paul George, you better believe 
the league's going to make sure the Lakers beat the Clippers. But if Paul George and Kawhi come back and they play Minnesota, I think they could beat Minnesota. And that would be a tough matchup for number two Memphis, you know, to have to face all of a sudden the Clippers with Kawhi and Paul George. I'd kind of feel bad for them. But if Golden State got that spot, that would be an interesting first-round matchup between Golden State and the Clippers. But like I said, I've talked about it in past pods. I I just don't think Kawhi will come back. Now, they did show Kawhi taking shots the other day on the court, shooting the ball. Um, I don't know what the news... I don't keep up with the Clippers, so I don't know what news there is about him. I don't see any news about, you know, Kawhi is going to be back or, you know, like... I did see the story about Zion that... You know, he may have had a setback, but I haven't gotten an update to that yet. I mean, it was he may have had a setback, but it wasn't. He did. So, you know, now he's on the bench with the team. He's no longer doing his own thing. And I don't know if that means he might come back. Because if the Lakers are playing New Orleans with Zion and Zion's actually able to give him something, I just don't think it's... I just don't think the Lakers are automatically going to win that game. You know, I, I think Anthony Davis is very important in what they do. I ultimately think the Lakers will get that eighth playoff spot. I, I don't think the league will let that happen or they fall out, and they will face Phoenix in the first round, which I think Phoenix is way better in the past I guess last year, you know, a lot of people thought that there was a bad matchup between Phoenix and the Lakers. It's not that way anymore. Um, Phoenix has Aiton, but they also have JaVale McGee and Bismack Biombo. And the Mavericks really should have taken a flyer on Biombo, I thought, because the Mavericks need a big. Um, and it really showed tonight. But, you know, Phoenix isn't a small team like they were in the past. Phoenix has the bigs, and I just don't see a path for the Lakers beating Phoenix in that first round with a healthy Davis. So I I just think the league, though, will find a way to get the Lakers in regardless of if it's against Minnesota or the Clippers. Obviously, um, it'll be interesting to see The top six, like I said, I think the top six are the top six. Um, Denver has been winning a lot. Obviously, Dallas is winning a lot. Utah's been winning. So, Minnesota's also been winning. They've won two in a row. They're eight and two in the last ten. They're playing really good basketball, but they, you know, they're still two games back. Now, it's not impossible, but it's gonna take. It's gonna take a lot. For them to move up out of that seventh spot, so, but like I said, I think they'll have an easy game against the Clippers, um, and I think it will be New Orleans at number ten. The other teams, like in the East, you know, Philly and Milwaukee, they have twenty six losses, so they're you know Milwaukee's got the extra win, so they're in the second spot. You know, Miami's first. That's another interesting. You know, like I, I was saying, like, if Brooklyn played Miami in the first round and you got a healthy Brooklyn team and you can get Kyrie in four of those games, he can play in the four road games, 
you know, basically you, you get them in the first two games and you try and beat Miami in those first two games with the full squad. And then you try and steal one at home, you know. Maybe Miami beats you one of those games at home because you don't have Kyrie. But maybe you steal one of them. And you go back to Miami with the 3-1 lead. That could be a huge upset. Brooklyn could be... Brooklyn, theoretically, could be the second number eight seed to go to the the finals. Um, now, it only happened once that I can remember. Um, I know it happened in 99, but that was the lockout year. They only played 50 games. You really didn't get an idea of how good or bad a team was. Um, you get an, an injury to a, a player, and it could really alter your season that year. Um, you know, it was Dirk's rookie year. I would have loved to see Dirk get a full rookie year, you know, come out, get, you know, back then they played, you know, like eight to ten preseason games, and then they would, you know, they played the 82-game schedule. I, I think if Dirk got his eight preseason games, I think his first year turns out a lot different than it did. Uh, I, I think the Mavericks' first year, or the Mavericks' uh, year, Dirk's rookie year would have been a lot different because he, he I think he would have gotten a lot more confidence in those first preseason games. And then, obviously, your first you know 10 to 20 games, you know he wasn't as good. He picked it up a little as time went on. But I, I think with the full season, a full practice schedule, you know, they were playing back-to-back-to-back nights. They were playing three nights, you know. It was just a, a gruesome schedule for a guy coming in, you know, as young as he was by, back when, you know, there wasn't YouTube back then. And, the, you know, Luca came in with a lot of hype before, you know, but that that hype wasn't there back then. Euros weren't hyped up like that. And so I, I just think Dirk's rookie year would have been a lot different had he got a full season. And it's too bad he didn't. Um, but it still turned out okay, but... I think it would have been nice. But anyhow, I got a little off topic. Um, So the Mavs do play Friday. The Mavs play Saturday. And then they play again on Monday. And they uh, they play Philly, then they play Charlotte, and then they play, I believe, Minnesota. Now, Minnesota's been playing very well. So, um... That's going to be a tough game for them. Uh, you know, I think I think it's a winnable game. Carl Anthony Towns is... He's obviously gets to face Dwight Powell. And, uh, you know, I, I try to not, you know, talk about Powell too much on this because I can get too, you know, too much... You know, anyhow, so <laughs> they're a game after Minnesota is the Rockets. Um, it's a it's a winnable game. Hopefully, they can take that game serious and they can win it. Um, then they play Minnesota again in Minnesota. A tough game, you know. They the I saw a stat where Dallas had one of the easier schedules remaining in the season, and I I still haven't seen that. I mean, they get the Rockets. 
But that's the only easy one. And then they get the the next is Jazz after that. So they do play another game again. Luckily, that one's at home. And after the Jazz, on the 29th, they play the Lakers. Okay, that's a bit easier. Now, Anthony Davis might play, so that might be a little bit tougher. Um, and then they, it's the first night of a back-to-back where the second night is Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland's a good team, and they're playing in Cleveland. You know, Cleveland could have some of their guys back by then. On the 1st of April, they play the Wizards in Washington. That'll be their first game against maybe Porzingis. I'm sure Porzingis really wants to play in that game and really wants to, you know, show what he's got. Um, (laughs) It's a 50-50 chance he plays, though. It's kind of funny, but he's playing, you know, and he's doing decent for him. And then the Mavericks play Milwaukee. I don't know where this easy schedule is supposed to be. Uh, There's no game on Monday the 4th. Um, I don't know what happens that day that they did not schedule any basketball games. Uh, Maybe it's a day for them to schedule makeup games. I don't know. Maybe they already scheduled makeup games. But going into, you know, then they played Detroit on the 6th. Uh, that's a winnable game. Friday the 8th, they play the Trailblazers. Another winnable game, a team that's trying to lose at this point. Uh, looks like these, and then they play San Antonio on the 10th. No games after that. So I guess the final regular season day is the 10th of April. I don't see an easy schedule. I, I don't know. Like I said, Memphis is the team that has like the easiest. And after seeing some of the games they've been playing, I can see that. After seeing that Dallas schedule, Dallas could fall back to 6th. <laughs> and it wouldn't shock me. That's a lot of tough games. That's a lot of tough games. So um, they do have one against Utah, which will be a big one because it has tie-breaking implications because right now Utah has, you know, they've won the season series, so they're winning the tiebreaker. If Dallas could tie that, the tiebreakers go to something different. I don't know if Dallas is winning that one or not, but it's still something to, you know, keep an eye on. Uh, Utah's gone up seven. But... uh, You know, I, I just I'm interested to see. Uh, Denver has won tonight. They beat Washington, and Porzingis did play. Scored 16 points. Um, he wasn't their leading scorer, but uh, Jokic scored 29, and the Denver Nuggets had seven players scoring double figures. So that is something. Anyhow, I'm going to go ahead and end it there. I will probably not do a pod until Sunday. The um, having back to back games, you know, it, I could do one Saturday morning, but then I ended up doing one Sunday. So I think what I'll do is I'll. Wait, I'll watch both games, obviously, Friday and Saturday, and then I'll do a pod on Sunday, 
and we'll talk about both games on that on, on that pod. But uh, if you would like to follow me on Twitter, you can at the Mavs Outsider. If you could rate and review the podcast wherever it is you get your podcast, I'd appreciate it. Other than that, we'll see you later. <laughs>